the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hey everybody, Dennis Prager here. I'm back in the United States. I was in Germany for four days. It was, as I explained to people, the first non-speaking trip abroad in at least 25 years. It was pure vacation. A three-day, three, four-day vacation. Why I, why I went, I will explain another time, but it, it was a terrific trip. And... I marveled at two interesting aspects, and I, mind you, obviously, it was only four days, so take any generalization with a grain of salt, but I have been to Germany many times since I was in college, and I had a girlfriend in Kiel, north of Hamburg, while I was studying in England, and one thing that struck me was the friendliness of young Germans. I was very uh, impressed by that fact. Now, how many could I have met? 20? 25? Don't know. But it was pretty It was pretty clear. And Germans are not known as, as the friendliest or most open group. So it was a particularly worthy of note. I thought I would share that. I think that there is a new generation for better and for worse, but maybe there for better. In the United States, I wish I could say for better. It's another realization that I had before I went to Europe, but which I have uh, now and I had in Germany this past week. The There is nothing comparable in Europe to the American left. I mean, there, may, there are a handful of radical leftists, but in the United States, one of the two political parties is run by the radical left. You do not have that in Europe. You do not have the, the trans activism in Europe that you have in the United States. In fact, in England, they closed down the biggest single medical authority that was doing what is routinely done now in children's hospitals around the United States, surgically removing girls' breasts who say that they are boys, and boys' genitalia who say they're girls, celebrating the fact that they are gender-affirming, which is as much a lie as the Inflation Reduction Act, which was an Inflation Creation Act, or Creation Increase Act. They don't affirm gender. They deny it. That's the irony. They are gender-denying 
hospitals. No, you're really not a boy. No, you're really not a girl. That is a denial of what you really are. If you don't, you don't have that there. I, I am sure that the levels of depression... By the way, if you hear noise in the background, which I assume you do, it is because I am broadcasting, as I tend to do each year, at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, this year taking place in Florida. So I flew from Munich to Florida, actually through Atlanta, and really aching to get to Florida when I found out that the pilots had not arrived for the airplane. It's a puzzle to me how exactly that happens. Do airlines schedule it so tight that if the flight that the the crew is on is late, you don't leave? I don't know. I don't know the answer. But in any event, I did get here, and obviously I did, because here I am broadcasting. And I will personally thank those who sat in for me, because they do such a fantastic job. In the course of the show... Oh, okay. Carl Jackson. And... Amala Epinobi and Julie Hartman. That's really nice. That's a powerful trio. Yep, we have some terrific people around. It's good to know. Really good to know. But there is nothing like uh, what is in Europe, what is happening in the United States. The United States right now is morally behind Europe. I never thought I would live to see the day that 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 would happen, let alone that, that I would actually say that it is happening. That it's, it's sort of an unbelievable, unbelievable thing to me. The United States is the exporter of bad ideas. The, the biggest exporter of bad ideas on planet Earth. China is the worst regime, oh, except for North Korea, but that's a separate issue. But in terms of damage to the world, Russia is up there. But in terms of, re, of destructive ideas, the United States uh, is, unfortunately, the great exporter of this stuff. They, they're, they're carefree there. If you would say to a, a university student in Germany, you know, you may not be a girl. You, you, may, you may actually be a boy. Have you ever really considered that fact? They would, they would consider you a lunatic. It's, it's only here that, uh, and Canada, Canada and the United States are in a race uh, to dystopia. It's a competition. Sometimes Canada's winning, sometimes the United States is winning, but it, it is a competition, as I said, to the dark world of, the, of dystopia. So that was one of the impressions that I got while I was in Germany this past week of how uh, much more carefree the life of a young person is there, and I suspect almost anywhere uh, in, in Europe today. They, they are they're not told something so destructive with regard to their life like kids are uh, in the United States. I doubt that uh, in Germany, when you're six years old, you have the honor and privilege of watching a guy dressed in a woman's outfit and dancing in front of you. I suspect it's not happening in Germany, or Denmark, or Sweden, 
or Norway or France or Portugal or Spain or any country in Eastern Europe, certainly. It's certainly not happening in Poland, Bulgaria, Estonia, Lithuania. It's an amazing thing. And when you visit, when you visit, you become aware of this. The lightness of spirit of young Germans is not echoed in the lightness of spirit here. What I wonder, and I didn't get a chance to talk to them about, I should have, is are you as worried as American young people are of being incinerated by global warming? I, I, I mean it. That, that would be a very interesting question. Does the average 18-year-old in Europe worry about being incinerated as much as the average 18-year-old in the United States, which which raises the question that uh, I have been thinking about for quite some time. Given how much we were lied to by the so-called experts with regard to lockdowns and the COVID vaccine, why do people trust them with regard to global warming? They All they did was damage. The only thing the lockdowns did was damage people. My stepson, I was with him uh, in Germany. He went back uh, home in California, and I came here to Florida. So I found out last night that he was seated next to a young Albanian woman in her mid-20s. She had a, a neurological disease which was completely under control at home in Albania. Then came the lockdowns. She couldn't get the medicine. She couldn't get the care. Now she's worse than she ever was in her life. She came to California for experimental drugs at, uh, at some uh, L.A. hospital. I hope to meet her because I, I, I would love to give her a pleasant weekend with my family. But uh, it, the damage done by the scum who called for lockdowns, and I don't know, what, what should I call them? misleading sweet people what would you like i'm serious if scum is not appropriate for the people who locked down humanity for absolutely no good reason that if i could know that and i wrote it in april 2020 as i have reminded you often you could check it on the internet i called it in april 2020 the greatest worldwide mistake ever made now why did i know that and I'm not even a conspiratorial thinker. Why did I know it? Because I read. And I don't, I don't trust these people. The, if, I, if I know you're an expert, I only know one thing about you. That you know one thing well. Why would I take your advice? If the only thing you know well is one thing, how do I know if you have wisdom? How do I know you're not a coward? How do I know that you don't have another agenda? I don't know any of that. The lockdowns were completely destructive. So the question is, do European young people suffer like American young people? I don't know the answer, but it seemed to me they were doing better. Every day when I pass a mirror, I still can't believe it. It's me. I'm looking back at myself. I never thought I'd be this fit again. But 42 pounds ago, I decided to take control of my health. And with the help of my PhD weight loss and nutrition, 
I'm so glad I did. The program is simple. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team customize a plan for your body to make it simple. They even provide 80% of your food at no additional cost. They treat your entire person as one. Dr. Ashley believes that all change starts with the mind. She'll help you to change your behavior when it comes to food and think differently about food so you'll never gain the weight back. Give them a call right now at 864-644-1900 and they can answer all your questions. If I can do it, you can do it. Hi everybody, welcome back. Dennis Prager here in Orlando, Florida. That's the reason you hear the din of the human voice, of many human voices in the background at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. All right, talking to you about some thoughts about my trip to Germany last week and how I really do wonder if European young people uh, are as neurotic and uh, depressed as American young people, given the way they are raised and people still send their kids to these schools. I don't know what to say. The most treasured thing in your life is your child. And you find out what they're doing to your child. You should you should see. I will read to you later some of the books that DeSantis in Florida has opposed and the liars of the left, which is redundant because truth is not a left-wing value. It's a liberal value and a conservative value. Say that he is banning books as if these are legitimate books for children. We have always banned books for children. Always. A society that bans no books for children is a very sick place. God, the, the biggest censors in the world, the left, yell at DeSantis for banning books. Oh, my God, the, the amount that we have to live through and, and, and that the mainstream media then report as truth is quite remarkable. So... Let's see here. Here's a good article for you. Female athletes are uh, getting tired of uh, losing to men who say they are women. So here's a piece from the Daily Mail. Unhappy at the finish line, California high school athlete gives big thumbs down after being pushed out of state finals. Now, let's see here. What is uh, amazing that I only see. (laughs) I'm relying on the hotel's internet, and that, my dear friends, is not a good thing. Unhappy at the finish line, California high school athlete gives big thumbs down after being pushed out of state finals by trans, trans runner as parents clash with protesters. Okay, Robert, where are, where's my Bob? Okay, don't know where he went. All right, my my man here uh, is the man I need right now. Adeline Johnson of Branson High School took fourth place during a recent meet in California. Video showed the teen giving a thumbs down after losing to a trans athlete, Althena, Athena Ryan. 
who pushed her out of running for a state title. Protesters also attended the event carrying signs that read protect female sports and clashed with security at the meet. And uh, this is truly a defining element. If you have anybody in your life who thinks it is fair for men who say they're women to uh, undress in women's locker rooms with their male genitalia exposed, anyone who thinks that it is fair to women to have men who say they're women compete in women's sports, basically... They have, they have said to you, and I, I say this without any joy, because this person may be precious to you. It may be a relative. It may be a friend. But he, this person is beyond foolish and has entered the realm of someone who cannot recognize his evil. I don't know what, I don't know what else to say. It is so self-evident that it is wrong nothing to do with religion it is just wrong I say I am a woman so therefore I, I can go into a women's jail where some of these men saying they're women raped women I say I am a woman and therefore I can race against women Minnesota has barred the uh, any events in the world's or whatever it's called the U- US weightlifting association because the association says that if you are a trans woman, in other words, a biological male, you cannot compete with women in weightlifting. Why do we even have women's categories? If these people deny that biological men have an advantage over women, especially in weightlifting, more than perhaps any other obvious arena, then why do we have women's weightlifting at all? It is so that it be fair. I don't know. I don't know what mental acrobatics, moral acrobatics, a human being has to jump through. However, please understand that the Biden administration and the entire Democratic Party apparatus is against any bill that the Republicans would pass that would protect women's sports from biological males, and yet. Because they, they uh, have been taught that the enemy is the right, they will continue to vote for people who do such damage. Tell me something the Republicans have done that is as obviously wrong as forcing women to compete against men who say they're women. Give me one example of something, not a matter of opinion, you think X and they think Y, just something that you would hold is as obviously wrong as I know this is obviously wrong. What have the Republicans done? But they'll keep voting Democrat. It doesn't uh, leave you with much faith in the human condition, but I've never had faith in the human condition. A high school athlete was seen giving a thumbs down on the medal podium after losing a shot at the state championships to a transgender athlete. Yep. Johnson from Branson High School can be seen waving at people in the crowd before giving a thumbs down, God bless her, during the medal presentation in Dublin, California, a truly sick state where I happen to live. 
Protesters were seen at the track meet with signs saying protect female sports before they were removed from the stadium after a clash with security. 1-8 Prager 776 from Florida, Dennis Prager. Natural disasters, airline cancellations and runway near misses, supply chain issues, inflation, rising interest rates, and sky-high government debt. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's a lot in the news about what consumers cannot control, so let's talk about what you can control. You can control how you choose to invest and protect your wealth. That's why I choose to do business with Nick Grovich and his company, AmFed Coin and Bullion. Now is a great time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. With over 41 years' experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions and show you smart choices, which have been proven winners time and time again. AmFed Coin and Bullion will sell you the right types of precious metals to get the maximum value for your money. Take control of your investments like I did. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion at 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hello, y'all. Dennis Prager here. I want to read to you. I want to read to you something that was uh, written uh, just in the last few days. And one of the reasons I want to read excerpts of this piece to you is so that you understand again how I came to the conclusion long ago that all good is done by outliers the human the human species is primarily sheep like I don't mean this is an insult it, it is an insult but I don't it's not my point my point is to arrive at the obstacles to a good world the greatest obstacle to a good world is human nature and human nature does not come with courage, except in a handful of cases. However, it is my belief, just for the record, that you can become courageous by doing the following. Saying, I will be courageous. If you're scared of flying, what you do is you fly. Take, take a bunch of sedatives, take a bunch of friends. But the only answer to the fear of flying is flying. The only answer to anything that you fear is to confront it. Anyway, here is a special human being, and I would like to have this uh, woman on uh, on my show because uh, she is uh, she is truly remarkable. Oh boy! Okay, got a lot of technical issues when you go up, when you go away from home. <laughs> Okay, let's get out of Zoom. That's not working. Okay. So this is by a woman named Jamie Reed. I'm a 42-year-old St. Louis native, a queer woman. I don't know what queer means anymore. I, I really don't. Uh, I, it used to be a derogatory word for a homosexual, a gay human being. Now it means... Anything that is not heteronormative, I presume. I'm a 42-year-old St. Louis native, a queer woman, and politically to the left of Bernie Sanders. That's pretty left. My worldview has deeply shaped my career. 
Her name, by the way, is Jamie Reed. I've spent my professional life providing counseling to vulnerable populations, children in foster care, sexual minorities, the poor. For almost four years, I worked at the Washington University School of Medicine, of infectious medicine division, sorry, of infectious diseases with teens and young adults who were HIV positive. Many of them were trans or otherwise gender nonconforming, and I could relate. Through childhood and adolescence, I did a lot of gender questioning myself. I am now married to a trans man, and together we are raising two biological children from a previous marriage and three foster children we hope to adopt. By the way, let's go through that for a moment. She's now married to a trans man, which means she's married to a biological woman who says that she is a man. So... She is, from the biological standpoint, a lesbian who has a relationship with a woman who claims to be a man. Okay. All that led me to a job in 2018 as a case manager at the Washington University Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. When I hear Children's Hospital, another amazing development in my life I could never have foreseen... I assume I will read something perverse. Which had been established a year earlier. That's the Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. The center's working assumption was that the earlier you treat kids with gender dysphoria, the more anguish you can prevent later on. This premise was shared by the center's doctors and therapists. Given their expertise, uh uh-oh, another word, that I assume will be followed by foolishness. I assume that abundant evidence backed this consensus. Again, the consensus, what? That the earlier you treat gender dysphoria, meaning the earlier you affirm it. Oh, you think you're a boy? You are. So she assumed that there was abundant evidence backing this consensus. When we come back... Her story. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching the My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented My Pillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The My Pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow. And now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener's Square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Dennis Prager Show, Orlando, Florida. The din in the background is the din of humanity at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, from where I am broadcasting and where I'm taking part 
in many interviews and panels. So I'm reading to you about a woman who identifies as queer. She is a woman married to a trans man, meaning she is a woman married to a biological woman who identifies as male. All right. And she says she is to the left of Bernie Sanders. So she has worked, she left, uh, she worked at the clinic at, uh, let's see, the uh, St. The Transgender Center at, uh, at St. Ch- Louis Children's Hospital. Now listen to this. During the four years I worked at the clinic as a case manager, I was responsible for a patient intake and oversight. Around a thousand distressed young people came through our doors. A thousand. The majority of them received hormone prescriptions that can have life-altering consequences including sterility. I left the clinic in November of last year because I could no longer participate in what was happening there. By the time I departed, I was certain that the way the American medical system is treating these patients is the opposite of the promise we make to, quote, do no harm. That is the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take upon becoming doctors. Do first, do no harm. The amount of harm doctors are doing in in America and professors and all the other elite professions uh, is equal to the amount of harm being done to America. Instead, we are permanently harming the vulnerable patients in our care. Again, this is from a queer woman, and I believe uh, she is in a racial minority. Today I am speaking out. I am doing so knowing how toxic the public conversation is around this highly contentious issue and the ways that my testimony might be misused. Really, how will her testimony be misused? Doctors are ruining children's lives in the thousands. How exactly will we misuse? Will anybody misuse this? By denying that there's such a thing as gender dysphoria, by being suspicious of the medical profession, how uh, she doesn't say how she fears it. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can to bring her onto the radio show. First of all, she's a hero. Leftist, queer, I don't give a damn. She's a hero. I am doing so knowing that I am putting myself at serious personal and professional risk. Almost everyone in my life advised me to keep my head down but I cannot in good conscience do so. So here is a woman who, a human being, who has a functioning conscience. The vast majority of people's conscience is malfunctioning. It is useless, actually. Because what is happening to scores of children is far more important than my comfort, and what is happening to them is morally and medically appalling. Until 2015 or so, a very small number of these boys comprised the population of pediatric gender dysphoria cases. Then across the Western world, there began to be a dramatic increase in a new population. Teenage girls, many with no previous history of gender distress, suddenly declared they were transgender and demanded immediate treatment 
with testosterone. I certainly saw this at the center. By the way, this dramatic increase, double, triple, quadruple the number in a few years. So what do you conclude? Isn't it obvious they're being influenced by society? You have problems, kid? It's because you're really a boy. If you just become a boy, your depression, your autism, your angst will be relieved. That is the message that they are getting. One of my jobs was to intake for new patients and their families. When I started, there were probably 10 such calls a month. When I left, there were 50. And about 70% of the new patients were girls. Sometimes clusters of girls arrived from the same high school. Now, why would that be? Is it a coincidence? No. The girls talk to each other, they have problems, and they all decide, we're really boys. And they will be celebrated by almost every school in America. How would you like to be celebrated? You're certainly not celebrated if you're a girl who identifies as a girl and says what you want to do ultimately is marry a boy. You're certainly not celebrated. You're tolerated, but you're not celebrated. Say you're a boy, you're celebrated. There was a team of about eight of us, and only one other person brought up the kinds of questions I had. Anyone who raised doubts ran the risk of being called a transphobe. By the way, that's another aspect of the left. They do not answer opposition. They smear opposition. Six Herb, remember how long ago I coined that term? Sexist, intolerant, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, racist, bigoted? Sexist. Intolerant. Xenophobic. Homophobic. Islamophobic. Racist. Bigoted. Old right-wing white guys. The girls who came to us had many comorbidities. Depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, obesity. Many were diagnosed with autism or had autism-like symptoms. A report last year on a British pediatric transgender center found that about one-third of the patients referred there were on the autism spectrum. Frequently, our patients declared they had disorders that no one believed they had. We had patients... This is fascinating. Listen to this. The doctors at St. Louis Children's Hospitals believed the kids who said, I am the other sex. But they did not believe the kids when they told them that they had any of these illnesses, if you will. Back in a moment. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. The Din in the Background is the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida. I arrived here from Germany last night. That's why I wasn't on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And later in the week, I'll get a chance to talk to you about my pleasant trip there. And I have been reading to you from a hero. There are not many heroes. Otherwise, if there were, we wouldn't use the term hero, I guess, because it denotes heroic, which is usually exceptional behavior. It is a woman who identifies as queer. She is a woman who's been a left-wing activist her whole life, but she has blown the whistle on St. 
Lewis Children's Hospital, which like most children's hospitals, certainly everyone that I have read about, has decided to do harm to children. Not all children, of course. They help kids uh, with cancer and they do some magnificent work. There's no, there's no way around that. But in the realm of gender dysphoria, all they do largely is harm. And it's, it's very distressing, but uh, it's part of my distress over the medical profession of the last few years. Anyway, we'll get to that. But the woman is a hero for writing what she did, blowing the whistle on the treatment of kids who claim specifically, especially girls, because it's mostly girls who say they're boys. I want to take this call before I continue. I don't normally take calls in the very beginning of an hour, but I want to, I'm want i very curious about this one. So that's, uh, let's see, is that Kara in Orlando, here in Orlando? Hello. Am I well, hooked I up to... to... Okay, yeah. Hi, start again, because you weren't hooked up. Thank you for taking my call, okay. Dennis. Um, I am a loyal listener to you, among many others, including um, some in the conservative And I have to say, I commend you for speaking about what's going on and how it affects socially and publicly. And that is kind of why I'm calling, because I see you as really the only person speaking out against what's happening to our children in the world in terms of the biblical perspective. I am literally going to come to that conference that you're at on Wednesday to ask the broadcasters, Christian broadcasters, how come we're not talking about this? We don't hear it in church. And I'm calling from the free state of Florida, and I am not hearing this. I'm hearing the word. But we're letting this happen to our children because we're going to church on Sundays, and we're getting filled up on the gospel. We're singing beautiful songs, but we're not talking about the damage that is happening to our children day in and day out and how it is against what is in the Word. It's unbelievable to me. It's like I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. And I'm I hope so you do come. I, 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 hope, I, I hope you do come. So I, I need to tell you that uh, <laughs> you You've touched on a very sensitive and painful arena for me. My my sadness, my disappointment with churches and synagogues during lockdowns, the sheep-like behavior of the vast majority of pastors, priests, and rabbis is very painful to me because I have a particular affection for clergy. But nevertheless... That there was an, an abject failure. These people worshipped experts the way you're supposed to worship God. You say the word expert, and secular leftists were as likely to genuflect as Catholic priests, Protestant ministers, Jewish rabbis, and Mormons. I have a particular affection for Mormons so many of whom I adore and still do. But the the failure spread to LDS as much as it did everywhere else. The obedience to secular irrational authority or irrational secular authority is the last thing you would expect. Eric Metaxas, who, who has been heroic on this issue, wrote a whole book about what happened to the churches. 
A Cry from the Heart. It's not the name of the book. I'll actually get it for you because I'm going to see Eric uh, shortly. He's, he's, come, he'll, he's at the conference as well. So I don't know how many churches, synagogues, or, uh, well, churches or synagogues, are speaking out about the ruining of vast numbers of young people by the medical profession and by the media, but very few are. You wonder, if this does not preoccupy a priest, minister, or rabbi as an act of incredible evil, as an assault on everything precious that we have, namely children and the belief that God created two sexes, only two sexes, that sex is indeed binary, that it's one of the grotesque lies of history that sex is not binary. It's a grotesque lie. Lies are bad enough, but this is grotesque. If they're not going to talk about that, what are they talking about? I don't have an answer because the synagogue I go to, I'm the one who speaks. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, at, at the, during the the service, I'm the one uh, who, who gives the uh, the official sermon, as it were. So I, I can't tell you what others are talking about, but my suspicion is they're not talking about this. This is not political, my friends. I don't talk about politics. I don't mention the word Democrat or Republican or even left and right in, in my sermons. If this is if this is a left-right issue, then damn the left. But it it, it is a left-right issue, but I don't pose it as such. It's, a, it's an issue of good and evil. It's a very, very fair question that she asks. I would like to know. I, I'm glad that she called because I am going to raise that at the panel discussion that I'm on. But like most panel discussions, they have so many people on the panel, I'll probably get a chance to speak for a total of three minutes if I'm lucky. I, I, no, I, I don't understand people who put panels together, why they think the more the merrier. I, I've, you know, I'm a good sport, and I, I make sure not to speak longer than anybody else, but I, I don't understand the use of it. Is, is it they're, they're used to television where people get to speak for one minute and then move on? I don't know. I don't know the answer. But uh, we live in an imperfect world, so I'll live with that. It is a legitimate question. What is your... That's a good one. Maybe I'll do an ultimate issues question on that. What is your rabbi, priest, or minister actually talking about most of the time? This country and Western civilization is being blown up. And what exactly is your clergyman speaking about? Very, very uh, fair question. I'm going back to this hero, this woman, a lifelong leftist by her own statement. And she, uh, let's see, what is her name? Jamie Reed. She worked at the St. Louis Children's Hospital for years. To begin transitionings, the girl needed a letter of support from a therapist, usually one we recommended, who they had to see only once or twice. That was where I last read to you. For the green light. To make it more efficient for the therapists, we offered them a template for how to write a letter in support of transition. You hear that? 
The St. Louis Children's Hospital wrote a template letter for therapists to use in order to have doctors proceed with life-altering drug therapies, hormone blockers, and eventually surgeries. The next stop was a single visit to the endocrinologist for a testosterone prescription. Hi, doctor. I want to be a boy. No, no. No, no. They would never say that. I am a boy. Give me testosterone. That's all it took. That's that's her words. That's all it took. When a female takes testosterone... When a female takes testosterone, the profound and permanent effects of the hormone can be seen in a matter of months. I didn't know this. Voices drop, beards sprout, body fat is redistributed, sexual interest explodes, aggression increases, and mood can be unpredictable. I didn't realize all of that happened so fast. Our patients were told about some side effects, including sterility. Oh, well... Why would you want to give birth if you were a man anyway? But after working at the center, I came to believe that teenagers are simply not capable of fully grasping what it means to make the decision to become sterile, to become infertile, while still a minor. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here in Florida. You know, that last call from the woman... Christian woman in Orlando has really uh, resonated with me. What do priests, rabbis, and ministers talk about? And I don't want them to get political. I don't want to vote this way, that way. I mean, that, that's not what I'm asking for. But but if you can't talk about what is happening to young people today, the gigantic, grotesque lie that the world is not divided between males and females. You can choose whatever you want to be and go back and forth. That's a big part of the trans ideology. You know, it's not even fixed. You, it's not a matter of, well, I'm a girl, I think I'm a boy, and I'm a boy forever. No, no, no. I, I, may, want, I may feel like I'm a girl next week. And who the hell are you to say I'm not? What was the university I was just, uh, I was just reading to you about last week? I, I think I read it to you. It's, it's so hard to keep up with the uh, atrocities, <laughs> the language, linguistic atrocities, that you cannot address anybody by she or he until you're told that they want to be addressed that way. So there's this heroic woman, and I mean heroic, Jamie Reed, who is a lifelong leftist. I wonder if she's still a leftist. It would be very, very interesting to figure that out. What she saw at St. Louis Children's Hospital, the ease with which they ruined kids' lives. Many encounters with patients emphasized to me how little these young people understood the profound impacts changing gender would have on their bodies and minds. But the center downplayed the negative consequences. That's, this, that's the, the trans center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Just like Boston Children's Hospital or, or any, every, any one of the others that I have reported to you. And emphasize the need for transition. As the center's website said, 
quote, left untreated gender dysphoria has any number of consequences from self-harm to suicide. But when you take away the gender dysphoria by allowing a child to be he, who he or she is, we're noticing that goes away. This is the St. Louis Children's Hospital website. That's their problem. Their problem is not that they have decided they're the other sex. Their problem is that you haven't made it easy for them to do so. And then this blackmail. They'll commit suicide, might commit suicide, if you don't go along with them. And parents, understandably, fall for it. It's, it's pure emotional blackmail. And the parent falls for it because if the kid did commit suicide, you would hold yourself responsible the rest of your life when, in fact, you were trying to save your child's life. When you take away the gender dysphoria by allowing a child to be who or she is, we're noticing that goes away. The studies we have show these kids often wind up functioning psychosocially as well or better than their peers. How do they have such studies? The St. Louis Children's Hospital lies to you. This is a pure lie. How can you have studies? This is so new in the history of the world. How do they have studies? This has just started in any large number in the last few years. How do they have a study? They study an 18-year-old who's now 23? Let's find out what they think at 43, which you can't do now, obviously. So don't lie about studies. Anyway, my attitude towards studies is that they either affirm what common sense suggests or they're lying. I have stood by that my whole life, and I have, in only one case, did a study change my mind on an issue which common sense suggested A, and it turned out it was B, makes perfect sense, that people who lived together before getting married were more, more likely to get divorced, which sounds counterintuitive because, hey, you figure they live together, they know each other better, so they're, they're better suited to getting married. But there, it was a very logical reason that convinced me that the study was right. And that is that people who live together are less likely to break up. Because it's so hard to break up if you live together. And that's the reason that they are more likely to divorce. Because they were not suited before marriage, but inertia kept them together because they lived together. Anyway, I'm just giving you the one example in my life of a study that contradicted what my common sense suggested. But do you, do you believe this? Do you believe that the kids who are girls who have their breasts removed, boys who have their penis removed, kids who have hormone blockers, you, you think that they often wind up functioning psychosocially as well as or better than their peers? Better? So she writes, this heroic woman who has left the St. Louis Children's Hospital, there are no reliable studies showing this. Indeed, the experiences of many of the center's patients prove how false these assertions are. Truth is not a left-wing value, and it holds true for these doctors and psychotherapists at St. Louis Children's Hospital. 
How little patients understood what they were getting into was illustrated by a call we received at the center in 2020 from a 17-year-old biological female patient who was on testosterone. She said she was bleeding from the vagina. In less than an hour, she had soaked through an extra heavy pad, her jeans, and a towel she had wrapped around her waist. The nurse at the center told her to go to the emergency room right away. We found out later this girl had had intercourse, and because testosterone thins the vaginal tissues, her vaginal canal had ripped open. She had to be sedated and given surgery to repair the damage. She wasn't the only vaginal laceration case we heard about. Clinics like the one where I worked are creating a whole cohort of kids with atypical genitals. We'll continue. Hello everybody, Dennis Prager here. I will continue that over the course of this week. It's a very long piece. The woman is a hero. What we are doing, the, the, mad, the mad things we are doing to kids in this country, robbing them of innocence. The, uh, there was an article talking about robbing them of innocence. There was an article about what books are in Florida that Governor DeSantis is quote-unquote banning. And, and in fact, uh, he is. Uh, by the way, we have always banned books for children. Any society that does not ban any books for children is a truly sick society that, that, that does not uh, treasure children. Anyway, in uh, the City Journal, Dave Seminara looked into uh, these books. Page through a few of the titles removed from Florida schools, some outright pornographic, and ask yourself if kids should be reading them. I mean, I can't read even the examples he gave in City Journal on on a regular uh, talk show. In other words, not uh, not a paid for uh, internet show, but it, it is it. it it is hard to believe. It is truly hard to believe. As he cites a book with a, uh, a chapter full of graphic images called What Are Kinks, Fantasies, and Porn? For kids. The author is right. A great place to research kinks and fetishes is on the Internet. When you were a kid, did you know the word fetish? Is there one person listening who, when, you, when they were a kid, knew the word fetish? Just to give, or kink? <sighs> wow. Anyway, uh, the, uh, the article, we're putting it up at DennisPrager.com. It got a rave review, by the way, one of these books, in School Library Journal. And if School Library Journal is not overwhelmingly composed of females... I will send uh, a serious check to the school library journal. Why do I mention that? Because I can't stand the romanticization of any group. And the amount of of romanticization of females uh, is tremendous. Women do it, and and men who are wimps do it. that's, That's who romanticize females. 
but the female is no likely to be a decent human being than the male. They're just likely to be indecent in a different way. I don't romanticize men, but nobody romanticizes men. Everybody acknowledges that violence is more likely to be committed, way more likely, by a man. You don't hear of uh, women raping. I mean, they're charged with it, but it's... It's, it, unless they've tied somebody down and, and, and at gunpoint or something, which is ludicrous, because it's hard to imagine a man getting aroused in those circumstances, though some probably do. Anyway, uh, this is uh, this is real damage that is being done. Chelsea Clinton, Pete Buttigieg, and many others on the left claim that book banning is a pretext to prevent children from reading books with LGBT characters and themes. By the way, why, why do kids need to read books in any event about LGBT characters? What, what is the, the only reason is to have as, as early an age as possible a, a celebration of every form of sexual expression and gender identity. You read about human beings. We, we don't call the, the, the other straight. As a, as a biography of Churchill about a straight man. He may be straight, but we don't, we don't, it's not mentioned as such. It's mentioned he's married to a woman, although obviously, historically, a fair number of gay men were. Clinton, that's Chelsea Clinton, recently retweeted an NBC News article claiming that seven of the 13 most, quote, challenged books of last year, quote, were challenged for having LGBT contents according to the Notoriously Progressive American Library Association. That's great. It is notoriously left-wing. That's right. I've looked at three of the seven books in question, Flamer, Gender Queer, and This Book is Gay. And what's objectionable about them isn't the fact that they have LGBT content, but rather they have explicit adult sexual content that's not appropriate for young adult readers. We continue. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Dennis Prager here in Orlando, Florida, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. So I, I have a real treat for you, my friends. It's a video. If, you, if you're watching this, you'll see it. Or if you will 
want to watch it later, you can see it. Nebraska State Senator, as Breitbart puts it, throws a fit debating sex change ban for minors. Now, again, it's a woman, a state senator, named Michaela Kavanaugh. Now, to, des- to, to describe somebody, what did you say, Sean? Oh, Michaela. That's correct. Thank you. Even though it's M.A., yeah. Michaela Kavanaugh. Thank you. I wasn't sure of her name, but I am sure that she's troubled. This is what she did on the floor of the Nebraska State Senate. Here you go. Mr. President, trans people belong here. We need trans people We love trans people. That's what they're saying out there. They're standing in a circle in the rotunda saying that over and over again. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. You matter. You matter. And I am fighting for you. And I will not stop. I will not stop today. I will not stop tomorrow. You are loved. You matter. You belong here. Okay. 
There you go, my friends. Michaela Cavanaugh. A lost soul. My suspicion is that she doesn't feel particularly loved. And she was yelling about what she wants. To be loved. And to be regarded as important. But it, I, I, I rarely psychoanalyze people. In public at any rate. Whatever the reason. I wonder. Does she believe that that hysterical rant changed anybody's mind I don't know by the way do you think it did it's the the, the rant itself is worthy of, of some analysis The it's the topic of my column this week. This notion of people, a whole a whole group. What does it mean we love trans people? Uh, is every trans person worthy of love? Are there any indecent trans people like Leah Thomas, who is as narcissistic a human being as I have ever actually been able to observe? The man who says she's, he's a woman and then wins all these swimming competitions against women. Do you love him? If you do, your, your love has no moral foundation. You love narcissists. I, I never understand anything like that. Anyway, it's a lie. Does she love trans people who detransition? I'll bet you she hates their guts. This is, it's a phony notion. Do you love, you love any group? I'm just curious. Do you love any group of people? Do you love all, name the group. Generally, it would seem to me you should love good people. Trans or not trans, straight or not straight, believer or non-believer, People should be loved based on their goodness, not on their identity. One of the despicable things of the left is that it literally demoralizes the human condition. Your moral stature is insignificant. Your identity is everything. We return. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I have one intrepid viewer here, listener. Welcome. I'm at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I wish I knew this uh, woman who screamed for two minutes, for three minutes, screamed. She's a state senator in Nebraska. How many of her constituents are proud of her? I'll bet a lot. Give me one of the uh, chants again, because I was analyzing the uh, the words. We're not going to let folks. I'm not going to torment you again with three minutes of the woman screaming. What, just give me the words there, Sean. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans okay. people. Trans people. 
All right. Okay. 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 At a certain point, it's not fair to me or the audience. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. It's an interesting thing. We need them. And why? Why is that? God forbid any anybody should hurt somebody who's trans. That is not at all my point. But what does it mean? What does she mean by that? We need. We need good people. That's what we need. We we live in a demoralized age, but it's been true for much of human history. The moral is not at the center of people's thinking. It's like unconditional love. That's my objection to it, because it literally demoralizes love. Unconditional love means no matter how despicable a human you are, I love you. Why is that a noble idea? I don't, it's not biblical. I don't. I don't understand the idea. I, you know, I, I have railed against it for all of my forty years on radio. I am a big believer in rewarding good and punishing bad. I divide the world as Viktor Frankl did in one of the ten books, one of the five books that most influenced my life, Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psychoanalyst, was in a Nazi concentration camp, lost members of his families, murdered by the Germans. Asked after the war, do you hate the German race? He said, no, there are only two races, the decent and the indecent. That's how we should divide our love. That's it. But they don't. And that's the problem of the human race in a nutshell. We return. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show, hour number three. The first two hours were pretty smooth. I am at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. The last thing I played for you was a state senator in Nebraska screaming for three minutes. We love trans. We need trans. We we need you. We love you. We want you. I don't remember that or whatever. The, the female of the human species has a nurturing disposition. And so the question is, what is it that she will nurture? And it is such a powerful part of most females, not all. There's no such thing as all in life. But it's such a powerful part of the vast majority of females that it takes over the mind, just like men's sexual nature so often takes over their mind. That's why I said you have to raise boys to control their sexual nature and you have to raise girls to control their emotional nature. It's funny, nobody disagrees with me on number one, but the left hates when I speak about number two, because truth is not a left-wing value. And after all, women don't need to be taught to control their nature. They're inherently terrific. That's the feminization of leftism. Leftism is a, 
a feminized doctrine in any event because it's it believes that feelings are more important than anything else. So that was the that's my explanation for that woman and for all the f- the females involved in ruining young people's lives who say that they are the opposite sex. They feel that they are nurturing them. They don't ask, am I harming them? They, they go by what they feel. On a completely different subject, as a talk show host, I have to stay abreast of the news. And sometimes a, a, a non-national, non-international, non-state, non-city subject gets me. Just one individual case. It's a particularly, particularly sad story of a woman killed literally leaving her wedding. Not by a mugger, but by a drunk driver. She and her, her, her newlywed husband, in the happiest moment of their lives, rendered forever a moment of staggering tragedy. A woman going 65 and a 25, I think it, that's what it was, in the 25-mile-hour zone, they were again. They were on a golf cart. Yeah, 65 and a 25-mile-per-hour road. And uh, she was drunk. She had three times the alcohol level. Smashed into their cart. The woman, the bride, was murdered or killed, I should say. And the husband seriously, uh, seriously uh, wounded. Jamie Lee Kamarowski, 25, crashed her red Toyota Camry into Samantha Miller and Eric Hutchinson's golf cart minutes after they left their wedding reception on Folly Beach, South Carolina, killing the bride and injuring the groom. I can't believe this is my life and my whole life is going to be over, she said. Through sobs in a jailhouse recordings obtained by various news outlets. Oh my God, I just can't believe this happened to me. Why me? I'm going to be here for years and years and years and years. It's an interesting uh, reaction. The reason I'm reading it to you. Why did this happen to me? What happened to her? It's a a very odd uh, reaction, I think. And drive. And then she kills a bride, wounds the wounds the husband, and then asks, Why did this happen to me? You know that I met a murderer, I met many murderers in Angola State Prison, Angola State Penitentiary in, in Louisiana years ago. I broadcast from there, you may recall, from Louisiana. It was a very dramatic visit for me that day. It was, it was in the life-changing category of importance. And I went over to one man. Most of the people I met were convicted murderers. And I went over to one man and I said to him, so how, how does it feel? How do you feel, if, if I, I may ask you, knowing you'll be here the rest of your life? And he said, well, I don't, I don't feel nearly as bad as the family of the, the person I murdered. 
And I, I thought that was a very powerful response. He was led to a religious outlook on life and took responsibility for what he had done. She still thinks it was done to her. Why me? For those of you who don't believe that there, there's luck in life, how do you explain the death of this bride on the day of her wedding? Now you could say God designed it, and I never argue faith, ever. But it's a question. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager here. I didn't take many calls today. Let me see what you folks have in mind. Steve in Chicago, hello. Dennis, thanks for taking my call. Um, you were back in the same children's hospital for... I'm, I'm, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It, wasn't, it wasn't easy to hear you. So say that again. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were severely critical of St. Louis Children's Hospital because of their gender dysphoria treatment program. And I'm very familiar with that children's hospital. I lived in St. Louis for many years. And you left out a lot of information that I think your listeners would have benefited from. So, um, first of all, it is one of the most famous pediatric hospitals in the country. And you present it as if their job is to ruin lives. It has saved tens of thousands of lives of kids. Um, I, I, I looked into their program specifically. No one gets gender reassignment surgery without parental consent. And they have to be at least 18 years old. No one over 18 is allowed to have surgery unless two mental health professionals have evaluated them with a dose of treatment, okay? Uh, you left out the fact that people with gender dysphoria have a seven-fold higher risk of suicide uh, than those who are not treated. A Harvard study said of thousands of, of transgenders found a 44% reduction in suicide if they've been treated. So, you know, when you include information like that, Dennis, it's a very different uh, story. It's a very different effect on the... Right. On your, there, on there's nothing... Okay, so let me just say, I'll let you speak, and, and uh, I'll speak, and then you speak again. Nothing you said, I, I left out. I said that children's hospitals save thousands and thousands of lives. Kid has cancer. These places are terrific places. I specifically said that. I think a curse on all of them for the crap that they do on kids who come in with gender dysphoria. Every single report from Boston Children's Hospital affiliated with Harvard to your beloved St. Louis Children's Hospital shows people who are utterly irresponsible and will have to answer to God for what they have done to mangle the lives of kids. I stand by everything I have said because every single report that comes out of there shows how unbelievably irresponsible at best and vile at worst they are. I stand by everything I said. You, sir, should look into it further. They do save kids' lives with cancer. I said that earlier. I would not send my child, who at eight said she was a boy, to any of those hospitals. After two visits, they get, uh, they get hormone blockers. Do you deny that? Here's what here's what I've read. Okay? Do you deny what I just said? If maybe you could say I don't know, Dennis. I accept that. First of all, here, all right. First of all, 
I'm talking about irreversible surgery. Okay. I'm not, I didn't talk about irreversible surgery. I don't know why you're. I don't know why you're talking about it. I didn't mention. You lump it all together. Uh, I did not. Excuse me. I read to you an article by a woman who worked there who is herself queer and is to the left of Bernie Sanders and quit because of the destruction of children's lives done at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Okay. And the word surgery was not mentioned. All right, Dennis, and, and if you had presented people who are part of the program... They would have given you their point of view, and perhaps I'll, your audience... I, I would have them on... I'll tell you what. I will pay you $1,000, or to your favorite charity, if you get any one of them to come on, along with the woman who wrote this article. And I will just be a disinterested mediator. Or I'll even let you mediate. And you'll make a 1000 bucks. I'm. This is a public offer. They will never come on. Like all leftists, like all the woke, they never debate. All right, I will take you up on that offer. Okay, so stay yeah, on, stay on. So yes, stay on. At, okay, so stay on. We'll get your name, and uh, I give you my word, and I give my listeners my word that I am I am good for that. There is nothing I would appreciate more than somebody from the 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 gender dysphoria clinic or whatever it's called. Uh, at St. Louis Children's Hospital to come on with the woman who quit. So we'll find out who's telling the truth. Uh, Listen, my hope is that the woman is wrong. Why would I have a vested interest in thinking that children's hospitals in this country, their gender dysphoria programs, have been taken over by lunatics? What, 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 what benefit would, would I get out of that? I want to believe that the medical profession has not been corrupted. I wanted to believe it at COVID. Hey, I'm Jewish. I was, I was raised to revere doctors. <laughs> I, I had to apologize to my parents for not being a doctor for years. I was a disappointment. My brother was a doctor. What was wrong with me? All right, let's see here. Uh, let's go to uh, Mar- Marlena, or is it Martina? Martina in Sacramento, California. Hello. Hi, Dennis. I'm a longtime follower, and you have guided me. I'm a therapist, and I worked at one of the largest hospitals in California for over five years. I had to quit in uh, 2020 because it was, it was too difficult. And most of what I did was really cool. Um, I was in the adult psychiatry department, and I was working with people that would come in, whether they were referred to me from doctors who said that they needed to be referred to the gender dysphoria clinic, or I was referred to that to the clients that by themselves who said that they were in the midst of transitioning. I never once put gender dysphoria down because I don't believe that that is the best way to do this. All right, you know, hold, hold on one second. Uh, Sean, is that clear to you, or is it because I have a noisy background here? Was the, was the call completely clear? It's a little of both, yeah. It, 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 can you check if I really want to hear what she has to say, and I, 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 I didn't follow about half of it because of what, whatever reason. So see if she could make a clearer connection. I, I do want to hear her. Uh, let's go to Minneapolis and Ken. Hello, Ken. 
Oh boy, now we have another problem. Why am I? Why is my? Uh, okay, hello, Ken. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Uh, right. I work for a Christian radio ministry, and I go across the country and I speak at conferences and churches. And one of my main focuses is this plague of gender dysphoria that we're imposing on children. And if there's two documentaries that people must see, it's, of course, it's Matt Walsh's "What Is a Woman," Tucker Carlson's. Uh, the cult of transgenderism and why pastors are not speaking out against this is beyond me because those that say this is a political issue, we have to understand that political issues are moral issues and moral issues are biblical issues and if we don't stand up and fight this eradicate soon, we're going to flip this culture it's not going to recognize uh, I was a juvenile detective. Retired. We never even. All right, hold, hold on there. I, I uh, we got to take a break. I uh, I am going to pose that here at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Uh, you're obviously not the first Christian to call in and wondering why pastors and priests are not talking about this. Back in a moment. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. I have been reading to you for months, half a year at least, the utter irresponsibility of the fanatics who've taken over trans kids' issues at children's hospitals. And I, it brings me no joy to do this. It's the last thing I ever expected to spend time attacking a children's hospital. If there's anything that one associates with goodness in society, it's a children's hospital. It gives you an idea of how true my guiding principle of modern life, everything the left touches, it destroys. It has destroyed those parts of children's hospitals. And since the people who run every medical institution in the country of which I am aware are cowards, just like most human beings are, Courage is the rarest of the human traits. Whatever your po politics, I think you'd have to agree, courage is the rarest of the good traits of humans. A lot more kind people than courageous people. So they don't say anything. And the people who say something, like this queer woman, self-identified as queer, in St. Louis, is just let go. And you're, uh, you're vilified and you're ostracized. When the gentleman called early and said, well, at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you have to have two mental health professionals sign off on, on your getting hormone blockers when you're 10 years old, or whatever age it is, 12, or even younger. I have to laugh. Mental health professionals? Do you know how many of them are fools? This I've said way before I ever even heard of any of, of these... Uh, uh, issues said this all of my life because every single psychiatrist and psychologist I've ever had on my show when I've asked what percentage of your colleagues are competent the highest I ever heard is a third well why should they be any different from professors of gender studies or professors of English or librarians or any any other profession that has been compromised morally 
It's very hard. It's very hard to make peace with this because you don't want to believe such things as if I do. It's nice. It's nice to live in a make-believe world. It really is. That's where a lot of people inhabit. That's why I have such contempt for the belief that human nature is basically good. God, the 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 desire to live in 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 fantasy land of anybody who thinks human nature is essentially good. All it proves is how little you you have seen of evil because you live a very, very lucky life. You don't live in most of the world. All right. If I, uh, now, Martina, I'm going to go back to you, but if it's not clear, I'll just have to get you another time. So we'll give it one more chance. Hello, M- Martina. Hi, Dennis. Uh, I've been following you, and I'm just so grateful for you. I am one of those mental health providers, and I, I've been following you for a long time, and you've guided me. Uh, I work in a very large hospital in Northern California, and uh, I quit going to the because I saw so many things happening that I could not be a part of. Uh, one of them is that I was unwilling to diagnose my clients with gender dysphoria. I would get referrals from both doctors and individuals asking me to do so, and I was unwilling to do that with, with, with little evidence to show that. There was so much more going on. Uh, so that's one thing I want to say. Also, the pronouns was really just a debacle in the hospital I work in. They were just requiring us to use them, and I refused. Um, I also want you to know that my church absolutely talked very proudly against this subject. I met, you know, in Northern California, we, I go to a larger church, and they're very much adamantly against this transgender, and then they talk about it weekly, probably too much. But... Um, so I just wanted to show that. Well, that that's great. Just tell me about the preferred pronouns issue. You you didn't develop that. What does that mean? I know what preferred pronouns are, obviously, but what does it mean in the context of the hospital you worked at? Well, uh, it's funny. You were the first person I actually heard that this was coming around. And then when I was working at the hospital, um, I, I would lead groups. And in these groups, I was required to, when I said my name and introduced myself, I had to say my pronouns. Well, I was, I was not going to do that, and I was not going to require my, my patients to do that either. Um, I, I let people decide for themselves if they wanted to use that. That's their individuality. Wait, so um, let, let me understand this. You, you all right, I, 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 I'll ask you when we get back. I have a question there, and I, I have a few things I want to say. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.